Book Three, Chapter Three of Saint Francis of Assisi: A Biography by Johannes Jorgensen, translated by Thomas O'Connor Sloan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Three, God's Singer, Chapter Three, The Portiuncula Indulgence it is first of all necessary to observe that the church of rome previous to the establishment of the portiuncula indulgence had only one plenary indulgence the one granted to those who took up the cross and joined the ranks of the crusaders every one who did this and fulfilled the requirements of confessing his sins and obtained absolution from a priest obtained complete remission of the church's penances as well as of the punishment of purgatory so that his soul could appear before god directly after death this indulgence of the crusade indulgentia de terra sancta was later extended so as to apply to any one who for one reason or another did not personally join the ranks of the crusaders but with money or with armed men sustained the holy war it was also the franciscans something which in this connection is of the greatest importance who obtained from the pope the right of distributing this indulgence extended as above stated whenever the church decreed an indulgence in other cases as on the consecration of a church it was done in a distinctively different form the lateran council of twelve fifteen had imposed further restrictions on this custom on the consecration of a church the council decreed an indulgence of only one year canonical penance should be granted and on the recurring anniversaries of the consecration only one of forty days at the consecration of the church of st francis in assisi there was granted as something quite extraordinary an indulgence of three years to all who had come over the sea to take part in the festival and of two years to those who had crossed the alps while the ordinary pilgrim had to be content with the usual indulgence of one year what is it then that francis in contrast to this tried to get from the pope or better did obtain from him if we give credence to the authorities he presented himself one fine day accompanied by brother maceo of marniano before honorius the second and begged for the portiuncula church the same indulgence granted to the crusaders in the holy lands i desire he is said to have announced to the pope that every one who with penitence for his sins comes into this church and confesses his sins and is absolved by the priest shall be free from all guilt and punishment for the sins of his life from the day of his baptism to the day when he entered the said church it was in vain that the pope urged that the roman curia was not accustomed to grant such indulgences to any church it was vain that he offered to francis one of the ordinary indulgences francis could not be moved as he declared that the lord himself had sent him in order to obtain this indulgence then the pope suddenly as if by the divine guidance yielded the point and now it remained to the cardinals as honorius depicted the injury it might do to the indulgence of the crusade to restrict the new indulgence 
it was to be valid for only one day in each year from the vespers of the evening before through the full twenty-four hours following until sunset francis departed contented and when the pope asked him if he did not want a written authorization he said it was superfluous for god will know how to bring his own work into the light with this relation for a foundation a group of legends has been built up to which belong the rose legend depicted by overbeck on the facade of the portiuncula chapel these adornments of the recital first appear in works of the fourteenth century what is given above can be referred to earlier sources at the first glance this narration seems very probable in itself every biographer of francis tells us how he loved his dear portiuncula and we also know how zealous he was for the conversion of sinners he once saw in a vision how men from all places near and far came in streams around the little portiuncula and one of his disciples had a similar vision again the dislike of documents is a characteristic of francis in twelve ten he was satisfied with the verbal ratification of innocent the third and at the lateran council he got nothing more when orlando de catani gave him laverna this too was done without any writing as it is explicitly stated in the letter of gifts of the young count catani in twelve seventy four in his testament francis forbids most definitely his brothers to seek written privileges from the curia whether for a church or for any other place it is perfectly clear that such an answer as francis gave to honorius according to the old story is quite in the spirit of st francis it is quite another question if francis really gave this answer in other words if such an interview ever took place first and foremost we must here remark that none of the undoubtedly authentic authorities of the thirteenth century contain a single reference to the portiuncula indulgence thomas of chelano knows the indulgence which gregory the ninth granted to the church of st francis in assisi but neither he nor the old biographers of st francis have the least inkling of the existence of the portiuncula indulgence it is only much more recent authorities who assert that this indulgence could be gained every year since twelve sixteen on days appointed by honorius the third namely from the evening of august the first to the evening of the second this remarkable silence of the official biographers may be regarded as the sequence of the non-existing papal bull or as a result of the opposition of elias of cortona and of his party to the portiuncula men the strict division of the order the biographers in question had to serve the party in power if this was the correct conclusion on the other hand we should expect to find the portiuncula indulgence in the place of honor in the legend originating in the ranks of the strict division as in the speculum perfectionis or in the fioretti but it is in vain that one looks even here for a trace of the legend given above the tradition of the indulgence naturally can be referred if not in the direct then in the secondary line to brother leo and the other intimate friends of st francis 
and in the first rank stands the testimony taken in the presence of numerous witnesses on october thirty first twelve seventy seven and signed by a notary public in arezzo as given by two franciscans brother benedict of arezzo who formerly was with st francis when he still lived and brother rayner of arezzo who declared himself a confidential friend of brother maceo from marignano in this document the two franciscans testify that they had heard from brother maceo who was the truth itself how he and francis went together to perugia and obtained from pope honorius the above described indulgence although the pope said that the apostolic throne was not one to give such an indulgence the recital is very short and the document is provided with a date which is quite complete and in all particulars correct the original is no longer in existence sabatier maintains that one of the copies now in assisi dates from the end of the thirteenth century various other recitals of the same period rest upon the testimony of brother maceo through the intermediary of brother benedict of arezzo sabatier has inserted them in his edition of francesco bartoli's book on the portiuncle indulgence of about fourteen thirty five but if they originate with brother john of laverna or with brother otto of aquasparta they contain nothing new it is only a new appearance of the original source maceo benedict which we find in various places that an old man pietro zalfani in his youth claims to have been present at the consecration of the portiuncula church and that he says that he there saw francis standing with a paper in his hand amounts to but little another group of witnesses of about the same time depends upon brother leo instead of brother maceo a nobleman of perugia jacopo copoli who on february fourteenth twelve seventy six gave the perugian franciscans the hill on which their old convent monte ripido stands testifies at about this same time and in a similar form to that of brother benedict of arezzo that he had heard brother leo tell about the portiuncula indulgence in the narration of copoli the pope offers to francis an indulgence of seven years without satisfying him he then offered the indulgence de terra sancta but the cardinals caused him to limit it after francis had told this to brother leo he told him to say nothing of the indulgence for the present for this indulgence shall remain hidden for a while the lord will in good time bring it out and reveal it wadding places and certainly correctly this testimony in the year twelve seventy seven this was two generations after the granting of the indulgence it is clear that within the order or rather within its stricter party to which benedict of arezzo belonged the effort was made first as strongly as possible to prove the existence of the portiuncula indulgence and secondly to explain why the indulgence was not announced sooner for this reason brother benedict had his testimony affirmed by a notary and jacob copoli's testimony was given in the presence of numerous witnesses before the provincial minister for umbria 
brother angelo 1270 to 1280 it was also about this time or a little earlier that brother francis of fabriano obtained himself the portiuncle indulgence and he tells also that he received from brother leo the tale of how francis obtained it from the pope it is definitely certain that francis of fabriano wrote the work to which we refer in his later years for he quotes a document which at the earliest may be of thirteen ten brother francis who was born in twelve fifty one and died in thirteen twenty two was sixty or seventy years old when he put down his reminiscences there is no reason to doubt that francis of fabriano was in portiuncula in the year referred to we cannot set aside the explanation that in his advanced age he may have had the indulgence as the object of his pilgrimage from the beginning many franciscans made the pilgrimage to the grave of their spiritual father and to portiuncula and in this connection it is of the greatest significance that pope nicholas the fourth himself a franciscan speaks in a letter of may fourteenth twelve eighty four of the numerous crowd of brothers who streamed to assisi but never names the portiuncula indulgence as the reason of their going according to this pope the church of san francesco containing the saint's tomb as well as the portiuncula chapel were the objects of pilgrimage and not the indulgence all being done to honor the saint this accords with the fact that angela of foligno twelve forty eight to thirteen o nine soon after she entered the third order of st francis made a pilgrimage to assisi but on this occasion never speaks of portiuncula but tells of two visits to the memorial church of san francesco and she is known to have been of the strict observance the great chief of this party hubert of casale visited her shortly before her death and speaks of her in the prologue to his arbor vitae with the greatest reverence naturally angela's visit to assisi may have fallen in a time of the year when the indulgence was not to be obtained she may have not been there on the first or second day of august still it is strange that she never says a word about portiuncula everything indicates that the portiuncula indulgence first began to be known only in the last quarter in the last third if we accept francis of fabriano's words of the thirteenth century if it were allowable to apply modern conceptions to the ways of those days we might be tempted to place the origin of the indulgence at the fifty-year jubilee of the granting of the indulgence twelve twelve to twelve sixty four francis of fabriano's visit was made in twelve sixty eight it is certain that as soon as the indulgence became known it awakened opposition hence the notarial declarations of benedict of arezzo rainier copoli zolfani even the great leaders of the strict franciscan observance peter john olivi twelve forty eight to twelve ninety eight took up the question of the indulgence in a small unfortunately undated pamphlet he strives to uphold its authenticity first on dogmatic and then on historic grounds unfortunately the historic portion is lost it is not to be wondered at 
that in this dispute several catholic investigators doubted or even denied the origin of the indulgence to have been with saint francis so inadequately is it proved even the author of this book was once of the same opinion and so expressed himself in the first edition of the same according to my views at that time the portiuncula indulgence was only a localized indulgence de terra sancta or crusader's indulgence thus when the holy land was lost st jean d'acre fell twelve ninety one being the last stronghold of the christians the indulgence of the crusade which the pope had permitted the franciscans to share could only be obtained in portiuncula it was natural that the second of august should be chosen as the day for granting the indulgence as this was the anniversary of the consecration of the church such a choice was not unfranciscan on august the first is celebrated the festival of st peter's chains francis of assisi's reverence for the saint was well known and in the mass of this day in the collect is this passage o god who didst let the blessed peter the apostle depart free and uninjured from his bonds we beg thee to free us from the bonds of our sins in the little portiuncula chapel the new terra sancta the franciscans by virtue of the authorization already obtained shared on these days the same plenary indulgence which formerly belonged to the crusaders and led penitent pilgrims out of the valley of sin and punishment into the holy land of innocence in the four years which have passed since this chapter in my book was written a most meritorious investigator of franciscan history rev herbert holzefell in munich has developed new viewpoints for the consideration of this question father holzefell agrees that in the lifetime of saint francis the indulgence in question was little known and little used it must impress us he writes that all later authorities only mention the fact that the indulgence was secured by saint francis but never say that it was much frequented either in the lifetime of the saint nor during the first decade following his death some causes must then have been operative which in the beginning at least hindered the dissemination of the indulgence in seeking these causes we are driven into the region of conjecture i may be permitted to suggest the following solution for discussion the pope conceded the indulgence only after long persuasion as we learn from later authorities the cardinals were decided enemies of the proposition as were the bishops of the vicinity that is in assisi foligno perugia gubbio etc these bishops says father holzefell did not wish such an extraordinary demonstration of favor for the insignificant portiuncula chapel and expressed themselves to st francis on the subject in various ways and the more as they doubtless knew the feeling of the curia it would be in exact accord with the spirit of st francis that he would remain silent from his reverence for the priesthood his was no combative nature and here as in other instances yielded that he did it willingly we do not assert it may have hurt him like many another thing that he had to yield to and could not change 
he will have spoken also of the disappointment with his trusted companions he will have comforted himself with the prospects of a better future and have exhorted them for the present to practice patient submission this does not exclude the possibility that the few friars sharing his knowledge or similar people in the world may have used the indulgence as granted only we must not think of a wide dissemination of it the circle of those knowing of it would grow with time and consequently the frequentation of the indulgence but also the opposition of its enemies then the friars who were still living felt it their duty to leave authentic proof of what they knew so well they need fear no longer the enmity of the curia which was very friendly to the order nor the enmity of the bishops at least not of the directly interested bishops of assisi who for some time had been franciscans this hypothesis explains the silence of the biographers if moreover the speculum perfectionis which was written in the year thirteen eighteen when the indulgence was perfectly known on all sides never mentions it why should the silence of the early biographers prove anything against the existence of the indulgence at the period when they wrote as in so many other questions of franciscan investigation we here have to refer to approved authorities of the olden times end of book three chapter three